Welcome to the Light Bears Institute podcast, where we seek to improve biblical literacy by discussing key storylines and themes in Scripture. Well, welcome back, podcast land, to the Light Bears podcast. We're continuing our walkthrough of Old Testament, New Testament survey, and we're getting pretty close to the end uh, of New Testament. We have 1st, 2nd Timothy Titus. And uh, if you have been to a Light Bears Institute before, uh, we have a staple who uh, we have Clark Nolan from Fellowship. He's taught for us at least for six years, maybe. I mean, going way back. Yeah. Uh, but but he's going to be doing 1st, 2nd Timothy Titus for us. And uh, glad to have you, man. Yeah, good to be here, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Clark, uh, fun fact about Clark. He, uh, I feel like most times I, I sit with him or see him, he has tea. He's drinking tea currently. Is this a black tea? Is this a... An herbal black tea. and green tea, black and green yeah. tea, healthy. That's good. Any any sugar sweetener? No, I I picked it up overseas one summer, really? and wow. for the last sixteen years, I drink about three cups every morning. Really? So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's just an acquired taste. I yeah, guess. and I said, well, and, and it must be working because you look you look because you're 25, right? Is that the? Yeah. I am 25 <laughs> again. That's right. Yeah. Well, man, glad glad to have you here. Um, so uh, first, second Timothy, Titus. Yeah. Uh, I, th- again, I think you've taught on this at least for us once before, but, but give us, uh, give us a little insight. Why are these books grouped together? We get first, second Timothy, yeah. but, but why, why would Titus, why the coupling here with these books? Yeah. So, you know, the, the way the new Testament is arranged or ordered is not necessarily chronological. Um, it's more grouped based on convenience or navigability. And so, um, you have your historical books in the Gospels, um, the Book of Acts, and then you have Paul's letters, and yeah. they're primarily arranged in terms of length from longest to shortest. And here yeah. you have three what we'd call pastoral epistles. They're personal letters from Paul, prim- primarily ordered in, from a length standpoint from mm-hmm. longest uh, to shortest. Yeah. And so these are the pastoral epistles. Yeah. Um, Philemon would be another yeah. one that he wrote. And so um, that's how they're grouped together. Um, just a fun thing to know if you uh, are trying to find things in the New Testament, the, the five books that start with T are all grouped together. So you have First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, and then Titus. I did so, not know that. Yeah. That is, yeah. Wow. And so um, the first grouping is, is Paul's letters to the churches as a whole um, in specific cities. And then these are written to individuals, yeah. and these are the pastors that he had mentored left in certain places to set up order and to mm-hmm. pastor a local church. Yeah. So you, I mean, even so, with that, you, you mentioned this is written to an individual. Mm-hmm. We know at least with first, second Timothy Titus, and we'll kind of camp there for, for a second, yeah. but who, who was Timothy? We, we, we kind of, we get glimpses of him, but yeah. just in general, who was he? Uh, yeah. What was kind of his relationship with Paul? Yeah. So um, most likely they met on Paul's first missionary journey um, in the town of Lystra. They developed a relationship. Uh, Timothy um, had most likely come to faith through his mother and his grandma's witness mm. as a youth. Um, he had a, uh, a Jewish mother and a Greek father. Mm. And so um, I've always thought for Timothy that was interesting that Paul um, didn't necessarily lead him to faith, yeah. most likely, but he adopted him yeah. as a spiritual son. And I think there's a discipleship lesson yeah. down there that often God puts people in our lives to, to disciple who are already Christians or believers, um, but we, we pick them up yeah. in a certain part of their journey. 
Yeah. And so Paul picked him up literally on a journey and began to mentor, disciple him and raise him up to be a next generation yeah. pastor. Yeah, that's great. And so um, they developed that relationship and then um, he left him in Ephesus um, to set up the church and to be a pastor of the small group of churches that were, were planted there. Yeah. So a little bit about Timothy. What, um, um, I mean, and, and can you, you, as a pastor, I'm sure you've yeah. referenced these pastoral epistles before, but uh, what, uh, what are some themes, uh, and, and we're kind of using both books here, yeah. but what are some, if we're reading this for the first time or, or for those who are listening, what, what are some basic themes that we can glean from First Second Timothy? Yeah. So um, I think one, what you see is um, the responsibility of a church planner or a pastor um, to guard their own heart with the gospel. Yeah. And so I think it's evident in both of these, or all three of these letters, that Paul deeply understands and preaches the gospel to himself well as he passes it on yeah. to the next generation. And so you see Paul's identity wrapped up in the gospel as he's doing gospel ministry. Um, I think the second thing you see is he's got a... Um, He's got a, I don't know what the best word would be, um, this intense commitment to protecting the purity of the church from being infected with false teaching. To do that, he sets up godly leadership, and he knows that you've got to preach sound doctrine. Yeah. You've got to preach the word. Yeah. And so those things come out in both of these letters. You've got to have men of character, and you've got to keep them rooted in the gospel. And you've got to let the word of God do the That's work good. of protecting the church. Yeah. And which I think is again another, that's a great discipleship lesson. If you're gonna get if you gotta get anything right with mentoring the next generation, as Paul was doing with Titus and with with, with Timothy, um, you gotta keep the gospel central. Yeah. You gotta preach God's word. And um, you've gotta have godly character. Yeah. And that's so good. those are the things that come out regularly. Time and time. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, it's fascinating. It's uh, what it's Second Timothy three sixteen. That all scriptures God breathed, used for teaching, yeah. rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Um, and obviously, as as a church planner, as, as a man who preaches the gospel to himself and knows scripture himself, um, I mean, you, you get that that heart and feel. Yeah. Um, and and just that shepherdness of Paul to Timothy, uh, which which is really good. Yeah, he and he's got a lot of Paul has a lot of grit. Yeah. About yeah, him. even yeah. Hit the stories of the persecution he went through, um, his shipwrecks, yeah, all, all the stories of Paul. There's this grit about him, but there's this warm, uh, personal, pastoral yeah. care that he has for yeah. people and for the men that he's investing in. Yeah. It's not just this cold system or program that he's running Timothy or Titus through. It's this, um, this is a life on life. I'm giving you all of who I am experience. Yeah. And um, again, a, a great model. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, us. you, you talk about discipleship lessons, but, but that's a, they're not projects, but these are souls to love, to care mm-hmm. for. And, and as you're saying, a great model to, to those who yeah. we disciple, to care for them deeply, to, to, to love them. And I'm thinking of, uh, was it first, second Thessalonians, whatever, when, when Paul refers to the, them as his crown, Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, I think he refers to yep. Timothy as his dear child, right? His child That's in the right. faith of, 
that intimacy, that care, that love. Yeah, language that that men don't typically use. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when they talk about their <laughs> friendships. Yeah. But Paul will use that yeah. kind of language in his care for the church yeah. and in his care for his men that he's investing in. Yeah, that's great, man. Yeah. Um, well, what about, uh, so that's kind of a little bit of Timothy. Yeah. Let's go to Titus. Who is Titus? We, we, we don't get the, um, we're not introduced to him as much as Timothy as we yeah. are in, in the New Testament, but but give us a kind of a basic yeah, rundown Titus, of Titus. Um, he, was a, he was a Greek, and um, uh, some think that, um, he's referred to in, in the early part of Titus as my own son in the common faith, is how mm. Paul refers to him, and became a co-worker with him. Um, contrary to, you know, Timothy was a, was a half-Jew and a half-Greek. Uh, Titus was a full-blown Gentile. Yeah. And um, as he was doing ministry, Paul didn't actually require him um, to be circumcised as he did Timothy yeah. um, in their ministry. Which I think is an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, as they started gospel ministry together, um, but he became one of Paul's um, partners in ministry, and most likely, um, after Paul's first release of his first imprisonment, um, he came to Crete um, to do ministry, and he left um, Titus behind on this island of Crete, and uh, pretty tricky space and place to do ministry. The Cretans. Um, the Cretans, they were <laughs> brutes, um, liars. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of words that we could use to describe them. But most likely, you know, you've got a first-generation group of believers here on Crete. These families are learning who Jesus is, what it means to follow him in a pagan context mm. that, had, that worshiped multiple gods, cult worship, just dark forms of idolatry. Mm. And um, it seems as though Titus has a little more um, uh, energy to him. We get the sense, that, gumption. Yeah, yeah, we get the sense that Timothy, while faithful, he he struggled with timidity. Yeah. Now, you don't get the sense with Titus. Um, I don't know if he you could say he was more like Peter, but but it seems like he's got this this more in your face yeah. kind of grit about him. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, which is probably why Paul left him in such a, a in rough a hard place. place. Yeah, yeah, in such a rough place. Yeah. So what? Yeah. I mean, with, with so we, I mean, you mentioned that these pastoral epistles. You've got First Second Timothy. Now we have Titus. Uh, is the general? I mean, give us kind of the basic structure of Titus. Is it similar to First Second Timothy? But but what what's yeah? What are some basic themes and structure? What's so in Titus? Um, we're actually um, we're we're doing a, a flyover of Titus this month. At our church right cool. now, yeah. and um, when you fly over Titus, if the big idea, which you see this in in the early part of the letter, um, verses four and five, he it says that he left him there to put the church in order, mm. and the first thing he addresses is godly leadership, elders, and then as you move through the book, he says that we need to do this so that we can combat false teaching. That's infecting the church. And then he goes into chapter two, and not only do we need godly elders, but there's this, this section in two, one through 10 of how we need godly leaders, men, women, mm. older men teaching younger men, mm. older women teaching younger women. Titus two model. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And then he also has a little section for those who are considered bond, bond servants, um, how they're to um, walk a gospel life in a dark place. 
and then uh, the the book moves into um, chapter three, and there's a there's a pivot that takes place where the word um, the phrase of the word works or good works is used some five or six different times, hmm. and you get the sense of there's a turn in the letter where you've got godly leadership permeating the church, not just in leadership, but also in just the fabric yeah. of their local church experience. They're protecting uh, sound doctrine. Um, and now the gospel, in a sense, is now working. Mm. Not in a pragmatic way. Sure, yeah. But these gospel people are now evidencing fruit in how they care for one another and in their light inside the community. In, you know, on the island of Crete and all these cities all over Crete. And so you begin to see the gospel kind of working itself out as they serve one another, as they meet the needs of others. Yeah. And so those are some of the themes that come out of Titus. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, even, even to your point of, that's just a, that the gospel should affect how we live. It should affect yeah. how we love our, our, our neighbor, our brother, our church people, those who are different. I mean, just a very practical and Paul's so good of, giving these kind of theological under here's the gospel. And then he's kind of that hinge as you're saying, then, and that should shape how we love, how we live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and obviously that's so great to see that. In, yeah. In and in, in, in uh, chapter three, um, actually be- the end of uh, chapter two verses 11 to 14 and into chapter three, uh, it's interesting. Usually anytime Paul gives us something to do, it's rooted um, in the, in, in a phrase that's connected to the gospel. That's yeah, that's good. And so again, I think there's a, an identity lesson in there, in that Paul doesn't um, withhold commands. He gives us things to be and to do, but they're always connected to who we are and what Jesus has already done. And that becomes the power I think the Spirit uses to keep us from being self righteous. And I think that's a huge theme in, in the last that's half good. of Titus. That's good. I mean, yeah. we, um, I think back to, to last semester as we're walking through the Old Testament, even getting in, in <clears throat> excuse me, even getting in, in Exodus, Leviticus, and Deuteronomy, where, 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 I mean, particularly in Exodus, where the Lord is leading uh, his people through Moses. And it's always this, it's always, even before the law, it's, hey, remember, I was the God who brought you out of slavery. Therefore, it's always what the Lord has done first mm-hmm. through the gospel, through his love for his people. And then it's kind of the, now we live this way. Yeah, uh, and to see that so practically—that's that's so great. I've I've never noticed that in Titus three, but but what what a beautiful practical thing again—the consistency of Scripture from Old Testament, but just how the Lord works. Of yeah. here's the gospel, here's uh, here's doctrine in that, and yet this should change how we live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, yeah, and for the Israelites, as, as you noted, that was their gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, as they knew it, their redemptive history. Mm. They were to never forget it in Deuteronomy, do not forget, or the positive way to say it would be to remember yeah. what the Lord did. And so he's constantly rooting their identity in the faithfulness of his ability to keep promises oh, and rescue them. That's good. That's so good. I, I need to hear that. Yeah. No, yeah, day. absolutely. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you've, uh, I mean, you've but been in ministry for, I mean, you've been a pastor, but you've been in ministry for- Yeah, I'm for, in uh, year 25. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And, which, and how ministry. long pastoral? Um, it's 2005, so I'm in year 15 yeah, of, wow. of pastoral yeah. ministry. Uh, and, and I mean, I before I've, then students, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this is what only six for me <laughs> with light bears. But you're right. Of uh, God help me, uh, just the fickleness of my own heart uh, yeah. to, to run to other things or 
but but as you're saying of uh, man, just the, the the message of the gospel again to preach that to myself to grasp onto that just to remember we never graduate yeah 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 that, we don't graduate that class yeah yeah so I'm in 101 yeah that's kind of a good maybe a good question is um, I mean you've been pastoral ministry fif- 15 years mm-hmm. uh, these books these pastoral epistles how have they as you've been a pastor I mean maybe one way two ways but how how have these books since as pastoral epistles, have they been yeah. a blessing to your church, to you as a pastor, to your yeah. ministry? How have they shaped you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think uh, the first thing, uh, when, you, when you look at the qualities of a leader, the qualities of an elder, the qualities of godly people in a church, when, when Paul begins to list these qualities, what you don't see a lot of is a list of skills. Mm. Things to do, but what you do see is a lot. Uh, you see a list of things to be, and um, it's it's almost as if he's manifesting these fruits of the spirit in the way a person is to be to walk in in uh, as a sober person, um, to to walk as some with someone. Um, in most of these lists, self control yeah. is always an operative word. Um. But it's who you are. It's not necessarily what you do. And we know that over time, who you are determines yeah. what you do. And so, um, one of the what that's helped me as a as a pastor is that um, I've got to spend more time cultivating who I am in my heart and who I'm becoming because Jesus is forming the Holy Spirit's forming the image of Jesus in me. That needs more attention. And it's harder work uh, than just doing the work of ministry. Um, people applaud skill and acts of righteousness, quote unquote. Um, but most of us, we don't like putting in the hard work of the heart. Yeah, that's good. And so that's been a ministry to me that Paul's done in my life as I read his, his, his letters. But it's also helped me. It's formed the way I I do discipleship. Is that am I going to focus on men who can get a lot done mm. for for whatever I think needs to be done in the church, or am I going to find men to invest in and cultivate character? You see, character always manifests itself, whether if it's not there or if it's there. And what we need men in our churches is men of character. Yeah who they're doing comes out of their being. And so that's been a good principle for me that's over huge. the years. That's great. Man. And there's been some, you know, in my own life, Brett, I mean, just um, as God's rooted sin out of my own heart and continues to do that, um, God is concerned about who I am. And he's concerned about godly character in the yeah. church. And, and I really think, and you see this in both, both uh, or all three of these, these letters, the reason being is that if you're going to verbally proclaim the gospel to combat false teaching, then he wants men of character to back up that preaching yeah. so that you can be what, what they would call above reproach and we can't be accused of anything. Yeah. doesn't mean we're perfect, right? but there's this pattern of godliness and that's manifesting itself over time that what comes out of our mouth can be backed up with by this consistent life of inward holiness. That that's good, man. And you, you, um, I remember you said, 
maybe you don't remember this, but this was, I've, I've kind of stuck onto this yeah. kind, of, kind of to your point of, I, mean, I was, I think I was maybe a year or two in light bears. And this is when you taught at Institute. Uh, it was a discipleship, uh, just on discipleship. Yeah. And you said, um, you, you said giftedness is not the same as godliness. Huh. Uh, and I remember thinking, wow, that's really good. You also said, and I don't know if this was you or I'm pretty sure this was you, but, but you just, you said be mighty in private. I remember you mentioned, huh. and I don't know if that was, do you, I mean, I don't know if you do remember this. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, well, our, I mean, the pastors that have gone before me, um, at fellowship, um, I don't know if that's the way I said it, but hey, let's make it a quote. Yeah, run yeah, with it. yeah. <laughs> I'm sure everything we have, we've stolen from other great, sure, sure. great leaders and pastors and authors, but, but they've really modeled for me. Um, let's not make a name for ourselves. Let's make a name for Jesus, and let's cultivate the heart, and we'll work the skill out. That's good. You know? And so, yeah, I think that's. Uh, that's well said. Whether I said that, yeah, or not. yeah, that's well. <laughs> we'll said. give you credit. Yeah, you currently you on podcast land. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there, there was there's another thing here, Brett. That um, years ago, the very last section of chapter six in First Timothy, um, uh, verses uh, six through ten, um, talking about godliness with contentment mm. being great gain. Yeah. In the very last section of the letter, um, verses seventeen to nineteen. Um, Paul gives Timothy instructions on how to be a man of God and a pastor in a materialistic culture. And I was really struggling with that early in the pastorate. And just always um, wanting, um, not having, at least as a young guy in the ministry, um, knowing that there was sacrifice there. But I was still enticed, um, thinking that things uh, could make me happy, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm speaking here from as a pastor. Yeah. And um, so I took I took three four weeks early in the pastorate, and I just meditated on that section of First Timothy, and I felt like God really uh, just marinated the scriptures. Um, in my heart and begin to give me a, uh, if you might call it a theology of, of contentment mm-hmm. um, as I combated materialism in my, in my own heart. And so, I, you know, Timothy was in, a, in Ephesus and most likely battled some of the same things. Pretty affluent from what we have. Yeah, and, and he, he most likely had seen people come to Christ and was discipling people who battled materialism. Mm-hmm. And as a pastor, one of our great detours that we have the opportunity to take is just this this deep-seated greed or love for money or can we can we become greedy um for gain materially and use the gospel to get there mm. and that's a dangerous road to yeah, go yeah. down and so um First Timothy really speaks to that well, that, that last section of chapter 6. And he gives you a way to disciple your church in the idea of contentment and materialism. Yeah, and so big. that's been a personal lesson for yeah. me as well uh, that I'm still working through. Yeah. Well, that's big. I but mean, it's loaded. It's very practical yeah. Yeah. about how to have wealth and enjoy it, how to be open-handed, how to bless others, how to never hope in money but hope in the one who gives you money. 
there's a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a good lesson for pastors and for those in our church. Yeah. That we share. Well, that's even, I mean, those who listen to this podcast of, of more than likely, uh, I mean, it, pretty affluent as a culture and just a good reminder of that godliness with contentment is a great gain. Yeah. Uh, that, that the gospel's enough. Uh, and I mean, that's again good for me still relatively green but as a guy who's been in ministry yeah. 25 years praise the Lord yeah. uh, so that's, that's great it's a good it's a good uh, warning too yeah. you gotta guard your heart well man that's uh, oh. that's completely covered well done a good time we'll, we'll have you back and uh, and we'll, we'll have you maybe we can have some black and green tea for yeah, you next time yeah that'd be great <laughs> thanks Brad thanks man appreciate it you've been listening to the Light Bears Institute podcast a production of Light Bears Ministries. For more information, visit lightbears.com.